Hey guys, how's it going? I'm Lisa. And I'm Eric. And welcome to the Music Matters Media Podcast. I missed you guys. We have so much to talk about today. And yeah, we have a lot of catching up to do, don't we, Eric? We sure do. But before we get into catching up and we get into today's episode, which is going to be about Paramore and After Laughter, can't wait to get into all that. We have to talk about our listener segment for our listeners all around the world each week. Top three. Here we go. Ready, Eric? Ready. Okay. Coming in at number three, United Kingdom. Nice. Always to see them on our list. United Kingdom, always so solid. They come back every week, always in the top three, regardless of where they land. So, so grateful for our UK listeners, Eric. Absolutely, me too. You guys are the best. All right. And coming in at number two, we have a new country that has made our list and made our list in a big way because not only did they make our list, but they came all the way in at number two. Can you take a guess? Not even going to try it. (laughs) I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Number two this week, Australia. Nice, man. Nice. So cool. When I saw that, I was I was freaking out. I was like, oh my God, Australia, top three. There are no words. Just so fortunate and so grateful to have Australia in our top three this week. First time, first appearance. Yeah, man, that's that's insane. And coming in all the way at number one, I have such love for this country because as soon as we started the listener segments on here, they've been number one. When we started right out the gate, they've been number one multiple times throughout. And I think you know it by now, Eric. Number one is Brazil. Nice, man. Nice to see them back. Yeah, guys. So that is our top three for this week. Number three, the United Kingdom. Number two, Australia. And number one, Brazil. Thank you guys so much for making our top three this week. And thank you to everybody who listened from all around the world. If you want your country to make it next week in our top three, all you have to do is share this podcast with your friends, with your family, with your neighbors, with whoever will listen to it. And we could be shouting you out next. All right, Eric, let's get into it because I have some explaining to do for last week. (laughs) All right, let's do it. So as you all know, All these episodes that are released come out every Monday, and last Monday there was no episode. So last week we did have an episode prepared because I was going away, 
And I, you know, usually all the episodes that we do anyway are pre-recorded. They're not recorded on the Monday that they are released. But anyway, so I was going away and I needed to make sure that there was still an episode to be published on that Monday, the last week of June, last Monday of June, which was June 25th, I believe. And that episode was just going to be basically a a general episode. We were going to have a music discussion episode. And in that episode, we talked about all summer releases, stuff that has already been released in the month of June and stuff that we're looking forward to being released later this summer or later this year. And that was pretty much the base around uh, the episode because there's just been so much new music in the month of June that it's been insane. Yeah, absolutely. And we were so excited about everything that's going to be released later on in the year, too. Which we are still very much excited about all those releases. And we will always, uh, you know, keep you guys posted on what we're going to be talking about and, you know, stuff to look forward to in the future. All that will be taken care of along the way. And we're looking forward to, you know, keeping track of everything that's been going on. So stay tuned for a bunch of new material. As always, you can always depend on us to cover genres across the board, whether it be hip hop, alternative rock, pop punk, EDM, pop music, R&B, just anything in general. You know that we are going to have it here on this podcast. But yeah, so anyway... Pretty much we had the episode recorded and I edited it ready to go and I even brought my laptop with me uh, while I was away. But unfortunately, the Wi-Fi in the place that I was at was just completely a bust where I was trying to upload this episode and it would go all the way to 80, 90 percent and then it would go all the way back and restart to one, two percent and just kept doing that in a loop. And it just really wasn't working out for me. And I thought to myself, you know, I shouldn't rush to be putting this out because in my opinion, it was not that it was a bad episode, but I want to make sure that everything I put on this podcast is 110 percent of an effort by me and also by you, Eric, and just with editing and content and everything. And really, that was more of an episode to fill the space um, rather than quality content. So I wasn't too upset about skipping it. You know, I did try to do it, but it was almost like the universe telling me, you know what, like, this one's a throwaway. When I do this for you guys, I always think about the best quality content, especially as a listener. You know, I think about it through the listener's perspective, what I would want to hear if I'm listening to somebody else's podcast and and episodes that I would be interested in and stuff like that. So it was a combination of the two, I think. You know, I think that eventually would I have gotten good Wi-Fi service somewhere else? Probably. But, um, you know, I did try for where I was at wasn't going through, just put me on a constant loop of uploading, re-uploading, and nothing ever went through. And then that kind of made me really think, well, you know, I'm pushing really hard to upload this episode, but is this episode the best episode it could possibly be? And in my mind, it really wasn't. So I decided, you know what, it's better off to just scrap the episode, skip that Monday, and we'll start fresh. And yeah, here we are. And I I promise you guys that I'm never going to give you something that I wouldn't listen to myself. And you guys will always get quality content. And if something 
were to happen in the future where I have to go away again or I don't have access or something comes up, I will always let you guys know ahead of time um, in the future. But for right now, I don't plan for any of that. I'm usually like three steps ahead in the process. Eric will vouch for me with that. Absolutely. Take it from me, guys. She is very prepared. In the future, if anything were to come up, I will let you guys know ahead of time. But always expect a new episode every Monday. And yeah, I hope that uh, you guys didn't miss us too much last week. But uh, today we have a great episode for you guys to listen to. We are going to be talking about Paramore and After Laughter. I just recently saw Paramore at the Barclays in Brooklyn for tour number five on their After Laughter run. And it was amazing, and I can't wait to really get into that. And then also later on in this episode, we are going to be going through a track-by-track of After Laughter since it has been a little over a year now since the album has been released. So we'll talk to you guys about how it held up, our thoughts, our initial thoughts versus what we think now, favorite tracks, least favorite. We got it all for you guys. So uh, yeah, let's get right into it. So how was the concert? Let's uh, hear some details. Okay, so the concert was great. It was such a good concert. I've seen Paramore multiple times at this point. I want to say I've seen them at least four or five times from what I can remember. Because <laughs> I've been seeing them since I was a kid, since I was like 16. Uh, was my, I think the first time that I ever saw them. 16, 17, around that time. And uh, they always are such good live performers, such a great live performance. They really know how to fill up a room, fill up, you know, like these stadiums, but also at the same time making it feel so intimate where you think that it's just like it feels like a one-on-one. They're able to make that impact while still having that intimacy, which is incredible. Absolutely. And sometimes that can be a difficult thing to do for some artists. And as you know... I love when I listen to an artist and then I go see them live and they sound like they do on the record because that's always a pet peeve of mine. As our listeners should know by now, I say it all the time, it's such a huge pet peeve of mine when everything is so heavily produced in the studio and then you see the artist live and you're like, whoa, okay, this is like way off from uh, my perception of them. So I love Paramore for that reason because Haley Williams, oh my god, she is flawless when it comes to vocals and her performance and just everything. You can really tell she leaves it all out there on the stage. And so do the rest of the guys, you know what I mean? Because it's not the Haley Williams show, it's it's Paramore, it's a band, you know? And, and that also bothers me when people just solely focus on Haley because it's not a solo project. It's a, it's a band and the guys deserve just as much recognition as uh as she does because they were all fantastic now we have zach farrow making his big return on drums which is so crazy to me because we basically swapped out uh jeremy which was the bass player i know that's not how it actually went but uh that's what it's like in this band you never know like the lineup is constantly going through changes of original members and touring members and Taylor and Haley have been the ones uh Taylor York and Haley have been the ones that have really been there for the longest amount of time in this band we have now Zach coming in back on drums which is pretty cool so that was exciting to see him uh with the band again I also saw them recently with you Eric 
for the GMA show. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, that was an awesome show. Like you said, they sounded exactly like they do on their albums, and it was just such a good day. It really was. It, w- it was a really fun show. It was totally worth waking up and, and getting there because, uh, like I said, they just never disappoint. They really know how to put on a good live performance. They're a band that I can go see again and again because every time it feels like the first time. And that's always an awesome thing to experience at a concert. Absolutely. And I just want to note, too, out of all the concerts I've been to and, and seen them perform at, I don't believe I've ever heard them play this song. It's my favorite Paramore song of all time, Misguided Ghosts off of Brand New Eyes. Brand New Eyes, that album that came out in 2009, which blows my mind that that's almost 10 years ago now. Can we just talk about that for a second? Like, it's almost 10 years ago that album was released in 2009. I still think that 2009 was like a year or two ago in my mind. Feels that way, doesn't it? It really does feel that way, and it and it's kind of scary how fast time's moving. But that's for that's a discussion for another day. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So yeah, so they played "Misguided Ghosts" off of "Brand New Eyes." "Brand New Eyes," hands down, is my favorite Paramore album thus far. But I gotta say, "After Laughter" reminded me a lot of "Brand New Eyes," not in the style of you know the genre of how it was released and how it was composed, but more so just the lyrics, like the the material and uh, the gut of these songs reminded me a lot of Brand New Eyes. And yeah, that's why I appreciate After Laughter so much. But yeah, so I was really excited to see Misguided Ghost played live. It's a song where they slow everything down and uh, everybody has their cell phone lights out. It's one of those. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's well, it's the kind of song where uh, you stop and just appreciate everything around you. So all, all in all, it was really amazing. Great experience. I, there'll never be a time where people would ask me, oh, do you want to go see Paramore? And I'd say no, never. If I say no, I'm not feeling well and rush me to a hospital. <laughs> that would be your only valid excuse. Yes, absolutely. So to catch everybody up to speed really quick before we get into After Laughter, Their debut album is All We Know Is Falling that came out in 2005. Then their sophomore release was Riot in 2007. My personal favorite, Brand New Eyes, came in 2009. Then we have the self-titled era that was in 2013. And finally, that catches us up to present day with After Laughter that came out May 12th, 2017. All right, so let's get into this. There's a lot to say. All right, so After Laughter can be described as a pop rock, synth pop, heavily 80s influenced album from the artwork to the music videos to, you know, the sound of it. I totally agree, but they make it work in such a way that it's just flawless. So starting out with the intro track that was also the lead single for this album, Hard Times. So definitely the perfect opener for the album. It's uh, bright and bouncy musically, and it just sets the tone for everything else that's to come, in my opinion. I totally agree with that. It definitely sets the tone for the album. I think it was uh, it was a good first single only because it gave people a taste of what was to come. And, and you have to think 
also, especially coming off of the self-titled era and, and the type of music that they were releasing then, this was something for people to get adjusted to. And it's not so far off because the self-title was definitely more um, pop, you know, on the poppier side of pop rock, I would definitely say. So it's not a huge jump from self-titled to this, but I would just say like with the 80s influence, more dancey, vibrant kind of vibe, it gave people a taste of what was to come. Absolutely. And what I love about this song is the rhythm section is really tight. And like you said, it's a small snippet of what's to be expected or what you're about to encounter on the rest of the album. And I really like the music video. The music video sticks with you. I remember the first time I saw it. I remember the last time I saw it. uh, You could tell that they, they enjoyed doing that one. Yeah, absolutely. It shows. So moving on, actually, this is my personal favorite music video from this uh, time right now with after laughter. And that is rose colored boy. What do you have to say about Rose Colored Boy, Eric? So the first thing I noticed is that it relates to the Rose Colored Glasses concept. And uh, for people who might not know what that means, it's basically when you have a completely positive outlook on life, yet you see everything in such a way that it kind of tunes out the negative. And basically, lyrically, the song is about taking those Rose Colored Glasses off and seeing seeing things for what they truly are. Do you believe that you're a rose-colored boy, Eric? You know, I don't think so. <laughs> I uh, try not to be because, you know, that's just uh, counterproductive sometimes. You know what it is? It's good to have a balance. It's good to have a balance where, you know, I personally am a, an extremely optimistic person. So when I first heard this song, I was like, wow, I feel personally attacked right now. (laughs) You know, I actually thought of myself as the rose colored boy because I was like, wow, you know, this is it's just my personality type. It's just in my blood. It's just who I am as a person. But but the difference between the rose colored boy they're referring to and optimists is I would like to think that not every optimist is just blindly being positive without seeing the consequences in life, you know, and, uh, you know, life for what it really is. So not, I'm not just an optimist. I, I'm also a realist. You know, my head's not completely in the clouds where everything is rainbows and butterflies. And that's really what they're referring to with Rose Colored Boy, somebody that just refuses to see uh, life for what it really is because life is a balance, you know. Life is a balance between the positive and the negative. And as long as you don't lean too much one way or the other, uh, and you have some realism in your life, and you're you're down to earth. Uh, you should be fine. And that's uh, that, speaking to your point. That's exactly what the chorus refers to. To you know, allow yourself to be sad, to process emotions, instead of trying to you know look strong for other people or to pretend that everything's fine. And I think that's the overall message of this song: that it's okay to be vulnerable. Exactly, because there's a huge misconception that just because somebody is an optimist, they just have to be on 24-7 of just spreading nothing but positivity and all they think is good things and all they, you know, uh, give out is good. And that's great to aspire to be that way, but also it it's not human. 
to to be that way, you know. And we all go through things, and we all have to process things and deal with things, and and we all have human reactions to things. So this song is basically, like you said, giving the breakdown that it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to feel those emotions and process them. But let me just say how nice of a contradiction this song is lyrically and musically, because lyrically it tells you, you know, to to be sad, to let those emotions out and to be able to hurt. But, uh, you know, musically, it's such a fun song. It's so upbeat that it kind of makes being sad, you know, almost cool in a way. And that's the whole theme throughout this record, pretty much, is that everything is, for the majority of it, is super upbeat, dancey, a lot of rhythm, a lot of like, you know, glistening tracks on here where you you listen to them and you can't help but smile or want to move, want to dance. But the the heartbreaking truth to it is it's a completely contrasted album from the instrumentals and the lyrical content because the lyrical content is extremely, uh, it's really heartbreaking when you get down to the core of it. And there's a lot of really rough moments on this album and a lot of tough themes that are tackled on this album and a lot of dark stuff a lot of dark material and you can tell that when the band was writing this album especially Haley that she was in a really dark place in her life and this is definitely part of her therapeutic process to get through that and I love this album for that reason because with that being said it sounds like such an upbeat happy and fun album that if you're just a casual listener listening to this for the first time, you could completely get distracted by, oh yeah, this is such a fun, loving album. And then you go back and, you're, and you like focus in on it and shut all that out. And you're like, wow, this is actually some really hard hitting stuff. Absolutely. But it's, it's such a great contradiction. And like you said, this was therapeutic for her, but I think that's the point. It's intended to be a therapeutic album for her a lot of people. I love the contrast in this album. I love the contrast between the lyrics and the instruments. I thought it was genius. Going into this album, I don't know if they set out to do that, but what they achieved and what they end, the final result, uh, I love what they did with this album in terms of that. I thought that was a genius idea. And the reason why this album hits so hard is because stuff that she's going through, people have gone through and can relate to it whether that be in a romantic sense, a friendship, family member, but the the material of this album is so relatable and it hits home for so many people that she basically just brought it to life and she took the words out of people's uh, minds pretty much. Yes, and you know, like you said, this stuff relates to everybody and we've only just scratched the surface. Yes, so getting into track number three, we have Told You So. This one was, it's one of those songs where you listen to it and you immediately know what it's talking about. You cannot listen to this album in full and not at least find one song to connect to. Uh, this is definitely one of those songs. The The lyrical content of this song, you and I both know, Eric, that there's people in our lives and in everybody's lives in general that love to be the one to say, I told you that was going to happen. I knew this was going to happen. I tried to tell you. I tried to help you. All that stuff. And what people don't realize is sometimes, unfortunately, 
uh, I've learned this over time where you have to kind of take a step back if it's not if it's not your life and it's not happening to you you kind of have to take the step back and you can give advice if the person wants the advice but if they are not looking for advice you really should not offer your opinion and your advice where it doesn't belong and sometimes it's really hard to watch that train wreck if you know it's going to end up being a train wreck but it's really not your life and it's not your place to say who should be doing what with who and you know so on and so forth so I think this song deals a lot with that theme of people always wanting to put their their opinion out there for other people who who may not necessarily want to hear their opinion a lot of people have to go through the process and the struggles and and whatever uh, even if they think it's a great idea at the time, they have to go through whatever they're going through and they have to learn on their own. Nobody else can teach them but them learning through you know, the whole process of going through it. I just think a lot of people love to place judgment and love to give advice when you know it's unwarranted. And uh, yeah. Absolutely. And that's definitely a great take on the song's message. In my opinion, I kind of feel like this song is a retaliation to those people who love to pour salt on the wound after the fact. You know, they they always tell you, well, I don't want to take, I don't want to say I told you so, but, and then they go ahead anyway. So I feel like this is a retaliation on those people who, who say that. It's kind of telling them, you know, you think you're helping, but you're not. So just You're just making it. things worse. Exactly. And let me just say, what an awesome bass line in this song. I love that the song is pretty fast-paced, but I also love that it doesn't sacrifice rhythm or groove. It's very awesome. Now we're slowing it down from the more upbeat songs, and we're sliding into Forgiveness, which is a slower jam. What do you think about Forgiveness and the message of that? First of all, I just want to say her vocals are very emotive. Throughout the song, you can absolutely feel everything she's feeling. And, you know, that's no easy task for any singer, in my opinion, to really be able to transmit what they're feeling to you, just exactly how, you know, they feel it. Um, the lyrics are very heartbreaking, but I absolutely agree with Haley when she says forgiveness does not mean forgetting. Yes, I wholeheartedly agree with that as well. This really hits home, this song. It really hits home. I feel like everybody can relate to this one. Uh, it's so hard to uh, forgive people after, you know, whatever has occurred to to get to that certain point where they need forgiveness. And uh, it's really, it's uh, it's a heartbreaking song. It, it really tackles her thought process pretty much of, of the situation. With forgiveness, we've all been there before where we, we have circumstances with people and we think about, should we move past it? Should we forgive? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think the overall message here is to forgive is to just let go of that unwanted pressure. But that does not mean that, that everything is 100% clean or that you're starting over. When you hold on to that pain and when you hold on to that hatred for somebody, for something that they've done to you or that you felt that they've done to you, all that really hurts is you in the end because they're not the ones at home, you know, thinking about this and tracing through it like like you are, you know. So when you hold on to all that, it's only weighing you down. 
So I feel like this song has a lot to do with that. The fact that, of course, that you have to think about forgiving people and just letting that, you know, setting that free of the burden of, of holding on that weight of, uh, of everything that they've done to you. But also, like she said, is not forgetting. Never forget how they made you feel or, you know, what occurred to get to that point. Of course, because really you're doing the forgiving for yourself. Exactly, Eric. Exactly. It's more of for yourself, for you to be at peace for yourself, for you to move on and continue with your life. And it's less about you forgiving them for the action. It's just more of being self-aware and being aware of the fact that now I know where I stand with this person. I can let this go. I can move on from it. And now I know what to do moving forward. Absolutely. So moving on from that, we have track number five, Fake Happy. Another song that's just very real in its message and uh, very straight to the point. And another cool music video, too. I like the idea, the concept behind the music video compared with the song. Thought that they did a really good job with that. And I love the opening line to it because it's, you know, I I think of uh, so many people that this could apply to. And when you connect the two, it's... It's mind-blowing. In my mind, this applies to our whole generation, our whole culture that's going on right now, especially with social media, where everybody always posts. Social media pretty much is a highlight reel of everybody's best moments, whether you're on vacation, whether you just got a new car, a job, etc. list goes on. But it's pretty much a highlight reel of your best moments for the whole world to see. And then everybody gets super depressed because they're like, why don't I have that? Why can't I achieve that? Why, you know? And, but with this song, I love because, you know, she sings, I bet everybody hears fake happy too. And ain't that the truth where everybody wants to, you know, come across like they have it all together and, you know, they're living the best life they could possibly live. But when they go home at night, do they actually feel that way, you know? And I think that's where the reality hits, where a lot of people are hiding behind a smile, hiding behind this fake happiness and this perception that they want to, uh, you know, be perceived as for the outside world. But really, they are going through it in their own personal life. And I just want to point out, you know, two things. The first thing is I love the way Haley delivers the opening line. I love the vocal effects that are going on there but I love how slowly yet how clearly she delivers that line and then you know the upbeat nature starts after she does that but I just want to say if there's one lyric that I think could sum up any social media it is that I love making you believe what you see is what you get that can basically sum up any and every social media because that is exactly it you know people only post what they want you to see what makes them happy, and you're not going to really see anything else beyond that. And then in turn, other people get jealous or upset or angry that they're not at the same point that the other person's at without even realizing, is that person genuinely happy with their life, or are they just putting all this stuff out there to get that attention and to feed off of that? Exactly. And this was one of my favorite songs at the GMA concert. It was just so awesome to see them play it live and I feel like you could feel it in the crowd everybody could relate to that of course and this is another one that's super upbeat and then you have these contrasting lyrics where it's like everybody that's dancing in the crowd and and uh 
you know, hanging out right now, we all know that everybody has their own personal struggle, you know, and we're all fake happy. And I truly believe that, you know, there's nobody that has a perfect life. You know, that's why even millionaires and billionaires, you see people committing suicide and and stuff like that. It really is not dependent on any of that. Everybody has their own version of success and what that feels like and what that looks like. And I think that everybody at, at one point or another is definitely fake happy. Yeah, this song is kind of an equalizer of sorts, if you want to look at it that way. And I think that's really awesome to just be able to experience that with a crowd and then slowing it down once again on track number six we have the track 26 so so far i think it's the most delicate song you know i love that uh soft acoustic guitar totally agree and i love the lyrics it's basically saying no matter where you go in life no matter what happens to you you have to hold on to the fact that there will always be a better time and a better place i love this song i really love the song they played the song live at the concert uh when they played you know when they were slowing down their set and it is just one of those songs that it really sticks with you and i love the lyrics to this song too i love the the message behind this song you know hold to hold on to hope and i feel like a lot of people need to hear this song if not any other song on this album please, please, please listen to this song because I just feel like a lot of people need to hear that message. And uh, for people going through hard times, this would be the song I would choose to to listen to. Absolutely. Because it's the one thing that can absolutely help you to to see another day, you know? It's just that one thing that you need to hold on to, that light at the end of the tunnel that you know is there even throughout all that darkness. I feel like a lot of people, especially in the times that we're going through now with with everything going on in the world, this would be the song I would choose to uh, to listen to if I can only pick one song off this album. But luckily, we have a set of 12 perfectly great songs. So, yeah. Uh, moving on, we have number seven with Pool. Absolutely love this one. I love the, again, upbeat nature of it. The lyrics are, oh man, like, you know, every other lyric on this album, they're just so bittersweet and uh, very emotive. And I love the message of this one about doing your best to be in a situation with someone that is unpredictable, someone that you can't control, and just basically you know, no pun intended, trying to navigate the waters of that relationship. I love all the the themes of water in this song, and I love the sound of this song. Yes, me too. Sonically, this, this song is like, oh my God, it's just like so sweet. It's like candy to my ears, if that makes any sense. Oh yeah, for sure. It's like you're in a dream, literally. That's how I feel. I love, love this song. Absolutely, and I also love the the physical description of water that she gives in this song that uh, when you take a dive it kind of hurts a bit it stings a bit and obviously not to you know uh, get too technical about it but anybody who knows what it's like to dive into water a little too fast knows that it hurts like hell when you do it so I love that she's using that metaphor to describe what it's like diving into the ocean whenever a wave is coming coming in at number eight we have grudges so I kind of feel like this one is a little bit uh, similar to 
Paramore's older style, like their older punk rock style, not in terms of sound, but in terms of attitude. I don't know if you feel that way, but that's definitely my take. It's funny that you mentioned that because their drummer, Zach Farrow, who just came, you know, recently came back into the band, he had a huge part in this song uh, with writing the song and the composition and everything. So it makes sense that you got that vibe from it. And I love the lyrics here. I love that. I think picking up where a relationship left off and trying to put aside everything bad that happened yet not being 100% sure that it's a good idea to move on. Right, so pretty much piggybacking off of the song Forgiveness that we spoke about, this is pretty much a follow-up song where you're moving forward in uh, the relationship with the person. You chose to forgive them, and now you have to basically retrace all the steps of all the time in between, you know? It's like it's almost like picking up where you left off, in a, in a sense. Absolutely. But you're still unsure of where it's going to go. You're not sure if it's a great idea to continue the relationship given all your past experiences. Coming in at number nine, we have Caught in the Middle. So right off the bat, I just want to say I love the message of the lyrics here. Right off the bat, Eric, all I have to say is I don't need no help. I can sabotage me by myself. (laughs) Yes. And I, I love what she's talking about here where... She says you can't dwell too much on the past, but moving forward isn't easy either. So you're caught between literally a rock and a hard place. Another song where it's super dancey. I love the instrumentals to this song. I love listening to this song. There's, there is no way you can listen to this song and it not make you want to move. Absolutely. It's got a very bouncy attitude and it's very fun to dance to. It's another fun contradiction. And I know I made the joke earlier, but I actually really love that line. So let's dissect that a little bit. Yeah, you know, um, I think it's about not just obviously taking control of your own situation, but it's pretty much saying, you know, if I want to be in pain, I'll do it myself. You know, I don't need you. And yeah, it's pretty much like owning up to your own losses and your own mistakes and being completely self-aware of them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. So yeah, overall, I really like this song. It's it's a fun song to listen to. Uh, Once again, the lyrical content versus, you know, the the dance vibe of the song is a really cool contrast. Yeah, absolutely. And this was another song at the GMA concert where a lot of people... This was a fun one. This was a fun one. It was. And, you know, it was just so cool to, again, see everybody enjoying themselves and to see the band really uh, enjoy playing these songs live. Yeah, they went over really well live. They played Hard Times, Rose Colored Boy, Fake Happy, Caught in the Middle. Yeah, and you know, this since this album has a very feel-good vibe musically, and you know, when we went to the show, it was like in the middle of the summer. It was the perfect show to go to. And same thing with the show that I just went to. Now that I'm looking at the track list, they nearly played the entire album. That's so cool, man. Moving forward, we have number 10, Idol Worship. So I feel like this is another song that uh, dates back to their previous punk rock style, mostly in Haley's vocal performance. I feel like it's her most aggressive performance because yes. she's very yes. she's very passionate about what she's singing. And uh, the message here, I love it because I've unfortunately done this. It is, don't put me on a pedestal. It is, I am human too. 
It is We Bleed the Same Blood. I love the message of this song. Absolutely. And I don't think I've ever done that with someone, but I definitely have um, tried to ignore someone's bad qualities before, and that's definitely what this song is about. We all have, Eric. Don't worry. We all have. Because we blindly love people. You know, when you really love and care about somebody, you know, you don't want to see the bad qualities in them. You only want to look at the good. But the truth is, we all have bad qualities. We all have good qualities. It's just a matter of everything is in balance, you know? It's just going back to what we said earlier about the optimism versus pessimism versus realism thing. Uh, You know, it's good to be an optimist as long as you are also a realist in a sense. And it's the same thing with with this uh, with this scenario is it's okay to love somebody and care somebody and root for somebody. But don't be blind to, you know, they have faults just like everybody else. Yeah, the main message is no one's perfect. You know, sometimes even when you don't know what a person's flaws are from the get-go, sometimes you, you know, the the part of you that's inclined to worship them, so to speak, you know, that, that part of you says, no, they, it's not possible. They can't have any bad qualities. Not them. But, you know. Nobody's perfect, people. Absolutely. Even your idols. Nobody's perfect. Yes. And then moving forward, we have No Friend. So this one was definitely... This it's, one threw me for a loop. Yeah, I this gotta, one's the weirdest for me. It's just not to be expected. Absolutely. And there's a lot going on here musically. There's a lot of ideas that um, lyrically might not connect either. But I can say my favorite lyric is, I'm no savior of yours and you're no friend of mine. I kind of feel like that lyric is the one that stands out the most. I kind of feel like a lot of people depend on someone else to save them from their problems when really that's not what the other person's supposed to do. They have no responsibility to do that. So when the singer says, you know, I'm no savior of yours, he pretty much says, my job isn't to save you from your problems. That's your job. And I love how that could be fitted into the overall theme of the album. I totally get where you're coming from with that, because that's a good message to uh, relay to people, because a lot of people are so freaking entitled and think that everybody owes them something. Uh, but the truth is, is that nobody owes anybody anything. So if somebody's helping you out or doing something for you, just take that for, for what it is, you know, be thankful for that. But don't think that, uh, don't think anything is to be expected of anyone. Absolutely. The lyrics I'm all for, but with this song I have trouble is the way that it was produced because I think a lot of it is super muddled. I would love to have, uh, if they would have raised the volume on his vocals a little bit and we could get a more clear understanding of what he's saying because I'm not going to lie, for this one I had to Google the lyrics and then listen to it a couple times all the way through while reading what he was saying because it wasn't so clear. Yeah, I kind of feel like that whole, uh, you know, muddled vocals thing, I I guess it was supposed to be some kind of statement. Yeah, it was for an effect, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it was supposed to. I, I The way I saw it was his voice was getting drowned out by the music to kind of symbolize all the pressures of life, so to speak. And, you know, if, if you felt that, if you got that, that's great. But at the same time, yeah, it would have been nice to to clearly been able to hear what he was saying. Yeah, because I feel like with such a great message that the song delivers that not everybody is going to be able to appreciate it for what it is because of that fact. I, th- I feel like this is going to be one of the songs that people skip through while going back to this album. So Eric, to close it out, track number 12, Tell Me How. 
a kick right in the chest. Absolutely. I mean, I I feel like 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 I said with um with the first song being the perfect opener, this is the perfect closer because I think when when you get to this song, it's like you're at the end of a movie, so to speak. I feel like this album does have a story throughout all of it. This is totally like the ending credits. This is how it wraps up everything up. And I love uh, the pacing of the song, and I love the way that this album ends on this song. I think that this was the perfect closer. Could not agree more. Yeah, and it's bittersweet because, you know, throughout everything that the main character, you know... Let, let's just agree that there's a main character throughout this. Throughout everything that she or he has gone through, it's really amazing to see that at the end, he or she still has a positive attitude, does not hate the other person for the situation that he or she put the main character through. But at the same time, you know, I think it's uh, respectable that in the in the lyrics of the song, it seems like the the person still has love for the other person. And I feel like he or she feels more strongly about the other person than he feels about him or her, if that makes any sense. It's more of like, uh, where do we go from here? Yeah, you song. know, it's, it's it's an acknowledgement that, uh, you know, sometimes you think about the other person more than they think about you. But at the same time, it's uh, it, it's different now. You know, the dynamic is different. Absolutely, Eric. That was a great way of uh, describing that. Yeah, because, again, you know, you and I have been through that, where we end a friendship or something, and we still think about the person. We don't know if they think about us, but we know that for our part, you know, there are still fond memories. There of are course. Still there's no, there's like no love lost, you know, just because exactly. if things maybe don't end on the best possible terms, uh, regardless of whatever kind of relationship it was, if it was a relationship or a friendship or, you know, something with a family member, but regardless of whatever it is, there's definitely no love lost, you know, and I think that that plays a huge role in this song is that it's more of a, like you said, a different dynamic, like where do we go from here and how am I supposed to take all these feelings and what do I do with them? Oh man, I, I think this song is like, everything that the album speaks about in one nice little summary. Absolutely. It's a capsule of the whole entire, the theme of the album. But I I also feel like if you're in this situation and you still feel some kind of love towards the other person, despite what they put you through, you're a better person for it. I agree with that because uh, it just shows your character versus theirs. And it shows how, now I can say, it shows how indestructible you are to be put through all of that and still come out on top and have the strength to move on. I feel like that's what this signifies. So, Eric, Paramore's After Laughter is their fifth studio-released album. We listened to it when it first came out, and we jammed to it, and we went to the concert together, and I just recently went to their concert, and then we, you know, we went back to it, and we took a revisit, and we checked it out, you know, a year later. How do you feel overall? I feel like... If we're still talking about this a year later, we're going to be talking about this forever. I feel like this album is just so timeless, does not get old. Everything that happened here, it's not the first time it's happened, won't be the last. And I really feel like they made an album for the ages. 
I totally agree with you. I am so in love with this album that when we were picking our favorites and and honorable mentions, it it's so hard to go through this and pick because there's just so much good material on this album and this album is just one cohesive piece of work you know and it's just it's a beautiful album from start to finish it's heartbreaking but in the most beautiful way it's extremely relatable and the material from this album reminded me so much of brand new eyes obviously not in the delivery of how it was made but just the content and the hard-hitting lyricism of this album reminded me a lot of that album and uh, I really appreciate After Laughter and I appreciate it more than I thought I was going to. So Eric, let's just rip the band-aid off here with our least favorite track. So my least favorite is No Friend only because you know again I wish the vocals were a lot more clear and yeah that's the only complaint I have other than that it's a great song. I agree with you same thing I wrote down the same thing No Friend is my least favorite. Now Honorable mentions. We get three. Go ahead, Eric. So the first one is Told You So. That's my first honorable mention. Nice. Uh, the second one is Idol Worship. Very nice. And the third one is Tell Me How. Very nice. I like uh, I like your picks. We are almost on the same same wavelength here. So my honorable mentions are also Idol Worship and Tell Me How. And my last honorable mention is Caught in the Middle. Very nice. This was difficult to to pick. Oh yeah, you don't have to tell me. I was like, oh man, how am I going to pick? And and I was also t- talking to you earlier before we started recording. I'm like, Eric, this is all subject to change. Like these songs, you know, this is how I'm feeling right now in this moment. But you know, I can listen to it next week and be like, you know what, actually, and switch the whole thing around. So these songs are just that good and that quality that. Uh, you know, this is just definitely going to be an uh, ever-changing list. So, Eric, what are your top three official favorite tracks from After Laughter? So, this was Agony, picking the last three. You know that. But, you know, I, I, I love this album so much that even though it's hard to pick honorable mentions or top threes, you can't go wrong. So, my top three were Rose Colored Boy, Fake Happy, and Pool. Eric, we are so close. And our that's how you know we're best friends, man. <laughs> we are so close because our honorable mentions, we were just one off. And here we're just one off, too. So my top three favorite tracks from this album are also Rose Color Boy, Pool and 26. Very nice. Yes. You, I, you can't go wrong with anything. Yeah. You know, you could have told me your top three is just a random assortment. I would have been like, yep, those are great too. Yep, those are great too. Because there's not a bad song on this album. There's really not. And I think if anything, this album proves uh, how a band can successfully adapt in the music scene. Absolutely. Amen to that. And on that note, guys, we want to know what you thought of After Laughter. A year later, did you enjoy it when it came out? Did you not? If you did enjoy it, does it still hold up for you today? We want to know all your thoughts, guys, so please reach out to us on social media. We are on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook at Music Matters Media. And stay tuned because we have a lot of great interviews coming up this month that you will not want to miss.